Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name's Liam. I'm the owner of PH Nutrition, and I'm on here solo today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about dieting, in particular fat loss. And now for us, it's one of these things where people can get very confused. There's lots of information, there's different diets, lots of different people telling them all of the different things. Now, there's some fundamental principles now. In these solo episodes, I just want to kind of break down and give people some actionable advice as opposed to just getting a calorie deficit. In this, we're going to be going through some things that you can actually take home and be like, yes, that's me. So when I'm going through these five, these five things, I want you to be thinking... Yeah, I can do that. That's the thing I can implement right away that's going to help me to see progress. That's the thing that's stopping me from uh, achieving my goals through dieting. Because in essence, all diets work. Like whatever you follow, the principles that are applied to whatever diet is, they're the same. It's just the method is different. Now, what we have to do is find a method that works for you. That's why some people have success on keto. That's why some people have success following a paleo or a low carb or, a, you know, low fat diet, because they figured out that that actually is conducive to the goals that they're trying to achieve. And what we have to do is understand these principles and apply it. And that's the key thing. I think a lot of people don't have a knowledge problem. We know what to do. We know that we shouldn't be doing certain things when it comes to dieting, but it's that behavioral aspect that we really challenge, that we really struggle with. So in this, these five things, I just want to break down and give you some simple tips, tricks, and highlight some areas that you might be potentially let slip and we can just tighten up and hopefully you start to see progress. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is the principles of fat losses are relatively simple, but the psychology isn't. Now, for us, it's one thing that we're trying to go against the the noise as such on, on social media. And I do think that there's actually been a bit of a shift. I think some of these, you know, people that are, are spouting a lot of rubbish have actually kind of give me some very sensible advice and i do think that there are these people now who the gurus are actually calling out the tiktok generation who are saying oatmeal's bad and all of these different things and scaremongering you into different you know kind of dietary choices but it's hard the psychology of dieting is very challenging and like i said it is even harder when you're bombarded with different things so in essence we know that we need to create an energy deficit we know that we need to to have you know, 
burn more calories than we're actually consuming. The key thing is to do it for longer than Monday to Thursday. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, but it's not as simple as that. You know, we have to take into consideration all of the other factors away from, oh, well, I've got my macros off a, off a calculator and all the coach has given me a plan and this is what I follow. And then if I do this, everything is, is great. You know, we've got, like I said, weekends, we've got portion control, we've got social events, we've got boredom, you know, like we've got other people you know, that are, that are making it challenging to, to be consistent with your diet. We've got cravings, we've got alcohol, we've got, you know, different hunger, lack of sleep through kids, shift work, whatever. All of these are really challenging things to kind of make work, make fit on a consistent basis. Okay. It's not just as easy as following a number on a spreadsheet and tracking your food in an app. And achieving this, like there's lots of other things at play. And, that, and that's where I said, I think there's a behavior issue, right? Because we know that what we should be doing is actually implementing it. And so what we want to do is thinking about kind of simplification. And if all else fails, you need to be zooming out across your week. Because day to day, I think some people are pretty good. Like you say, oh, I've been really good. I've, you know, been following my diet. And, but, you know, you actually talk to them and you dig deeper. And it's, it's, they've done this for Monday to Thursday and actually Friday they went out and oh, it works drinks and then it bled into a takeaway. And then Saturday, yeah, oh, well, we didn't really eat that much. But then all of a sudden you had 1700 calories because you had a pizza and, you know, dough balls and drinks and everything else. And unfortunately, these types of things can negate all of the good work that you do. And so that psychology, well, how do I have a life? How do I? follow a plan and still be a good parent be a good friend be a good partner that's that's really hard like it's 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 a challenging thing and you need to have a bit of an identity shift you need to really focus on like you know how important is changing my body composition and changing my goal changing my uh, current state you know and working towards a goal because you can't have everything that like balance is really challenging to have when you're trying to achieve a goal like you've got to make a shift I think often people look for balance in their diet and it, it just doesn't happen. And then that causes them stress because they're trying to do everything and they're not actually achieving any of it. So what I would say for you is to have realistic expectations when it comes to psychology of fact, realistic expectations of what you're going to achieve at the time that you're in. So pick times of the year that you actually are able to commit to something. So January and February. This is why people make good, good progress because there's usually not a lot of social events. There's usually, you know, not um, things that are distracting them, such as holidays or social events, because it's it's grim. So we want to stay inside a little bit more, and we've already had a bit of a blowout. So, you know, you might be like, right, I'm going to really accelerate my progress for six weeks from the first start of the year, and then you're like, right, we've got birthdays and this and weddings and everything else coming up. So plot your times when you can realistically, you know, attack this. The other times you either need to be, you know, realistic with your diet to be like, okay, I'm not going to be pulling up trees here. I'm not going to be making massive progress, but can I edge towards my goal as opposed to trying to force my goal at a time where it's just not going to happen? Work's busy, social events, uh, kids, you know, are on summer holidays and it's really challenging to have the time to cook and everything else. You've got to look at your year almost, and, you know, and this is where periodization comes in. But for me, it's about re being realistic. Everybody that's been successful 
makes it a lifestyle. They fit it in and around the times that they, um, across a year. And if you can do that, then you're going to see more success. It's going to be easier for you to implement the strategies of a diet, working with a coach, following a plan, whatever it is. So for me, the psychology happens when we're trying to force it, that the, it becomes more challenging to follow the diet when you, you're trying to force it at times where you just need to step back and you need to identify, right, this is a time where I just need to be thinking about maintaining and not regressing. So that's when you can be like, right, I might outsource some of my meals. I might drop one of my training sessions so I can prioritize whatever element in my life that is causing me to be full stressed, overwhelmed, whether that's work, whether that's parenting, whether that's looking after, you know, a friend, a, you know, a family member, whatever it is. Don't try and do everything at the same time. And nutrition is something that is a constant and you need to identify times when you can really attack it. For me, that allows you space, capacity to be able to commit to something. So that is where I would be picking and choosing when to really accelerate your diet, when to work with a coach, when to sign up to a nutrition plan. You know, like doing it long term is, is a challenging thing. Cool. Number two is you can eat more food and lose weight, but you can't eat more calories and lose weight. Like this is kind of seen on social media for me that, you know, eat more and lose weight. It's normally because people, when they think about fat loss and dieting, they just reduce their portion sizes or they cut food groups out or they, you know, just drastically, you know, lower their intake. Whereas actually that's the wrong thing to do. You need to be thinking about additions first. Can I add more protein? Probably because it's going to be a sensible thing. Can I add more vegetables? Can I add more volume? Can I add more leaves, greens, general kind of healthy foods into my diet to increase my satiety, but also reduce the actual caloric load in my diet? And that is a much more sustainable way to be able to achieve fat loss. But it's also a nice way to increase the micronutrients and macronutrients that your body requires when it's dieting. You need to create a calorie deficit. You know that. But we also want to be trying to eat as much food as possible because more food means more micronutrients that means more energy that means better recovery means better performance and a happier you it also means less hunger you know and less hunger means a higher likelihood that you're going to be consistent with your diet and that is a fundamental principle that i think a lot of people miss when they're dieting it's not just about eating less and moving more it is about structuring the diet to increase the satiety to increase the the nutrient density to ensure that you're still focusing on having good energy levels good training performance good recovery whilst leaning out and that can be done swapping out energy dense foods for more voluminous foods is one of the key things that we teach everybody on our programs and if you can do that on a consistent basis you don't feel too restricted and that's one of the common things that diets fail so if you can make that adjustment, it's going to help you to be more sustainable with your diet. Okay. So then you don't feel that you have to constantly diet in January or, you know, feel like you can do something for a very short period of time and then you cannot sustain it. For me, think about additions first and then, you know, naturally that's going to kind of reduce some of the energy density of your, of your diet. For example, last point. If you're adding beans to rice, if you're adding peas to rice, veggies like carrot, like mixed frozen veg to rice to 
you know, stews and everything else, it bulks it out. So the portion size is potentially a little bit bigger. So you have maybe some left over. But the actual, if you save the same portion that you normally have, the calories in that are lower. If you add more protein, add more veg to something, it will lower the calories compared to what you normally have, whether that's like, you know, rice, potato, pasta, for example. Pasta is a prime example. Chuck a ton of veg in there, broccolis and peas and mushrooms, you know, peppers and tomatoes and everything else. And then all of a sudden, if you had the same portion size, with less carbohydrates, more protein, you're going to feel fuller because you've got more fiber. You're going to feel fuller because you've got more protein. And also the calorie, the calorie amount in it is slightly lowered because carbohydrates from pasta sauce, rice are energy dense. So simple things. Okay. And that, that's the key. We want to be eating as much food as we, as we possibly can. Number three, create an environment that is conducive to you achieving your goals. And I cannot emphasize how important this is more so for sustainability. Okay. For anybody that's followed a, a challenge or something and you've done it, but then you can't, can't sustain it because the environment that you're in isn't helping you. You're constantly swimming against the tide. And that is not the way that you can sustain a healthy approach to your nutrition. We all got a snack cupboard or, if, you know, parents or whoever, you know, oh, it's a treat cupboard. You're the one that fills it. Okay. And if it's not you on the weekly shop, then that's where your environment isn't conducive. You need to get your partner on board. You need to get your person, people that you live with, flatmates, whoever, on board with what you're trying to achieve. It's in your vicinity, it will get consumed, or you're just going to constantly have to use willpower, which is a really challenging thing to do. And in the end, you may break. And that then can cause a cascade to you kind of, you know, sodding off your diet. But if it's not there in the first place, if it's, a, it's a hard thing to, you know, seek out and, and actually eat the foods that are potentially triggers for you that, you know, cause you to overconsume. Then, then it's much easier for you to can you know be consistent with your diet. You've got to create that environment, and that means the people that you hang around with, so friends. You know, you if you're putting yourself into going to the pub three times a week, in the essence, you're you're going to break because the environment is not conducive to helping you to lose weight. Okay, so you may be cooking more at home or going out with in social in social situations. In that place, I don't mean being a hermit for the whole time you're dieting, but it could be that you switch it up instead of going to the pub, you go to know, the cinema or you go to the park to play a sport or you go and do an activity that doesn't involve food or drink. And for me, that's how you need to shift that identity. Again, if, you, if it's really that important, you've got to seek these things out because the people that are sustainably in good shape have good nutrition habits they do that as a default and people that are not successful they revert back to these old habits there's a snack cupboard in there i won't touch the snack cupboard for two weeks but the snack cupboard's still there you need to get rid of it that's the key so you need to be helping and, and for me that external support from the people that you spend the most time with is absolutely essential and if you don't do that you are just in a constant battle to, to be in on plan with your diet. Number four, the, the 80-20 rule doesn't always work. Now, I kind of mentioned this at the start. For me, it's something that often people in the nutrition and coaching industry will kind of go against. 
they'll say like, oh, you can have everything. You can eat everything that you want in, you know, no, no off plan foods. And, you know, you can, it, you know, have your cake and eat it, 80, 20 rule and all of that. The problem is, in my eyes, we are terrible at moderation. And our 20% is normally so bad that it negates all of the good work that we do in the 80% of our week. 20% doesn't mean eat what you want. 20% means relax your food choices a little bit. Okay. If you are relaxing them so much that you blowing all of your calorie deficit out of the water in, which is a very easy thing to do in a weekend or even one meal, if your calories are relatively low and you're a small human, like it's easy to do. So that's where the 80-20 rule for me is not something that I bang the drum for. I think if you have struggled with dieting before, you need to look at all of these things. But normally it's the weekends or times where you're not on plan or have that structure. Usually these are the issue. And usually when we can get people to kind of stay on plan or within their allowance for nine days, usually that bleeds into kind of 14 days or at least 12 days and 12 days being really good normally you start to see real progress and the thing is with progress is it's no matter how big it is it's it's addictive so then they start to kind of be like oh yeah i do actually feel good so then they naturally will make better choices the following weekend because they've seen progress when you don't see progress oh i felt really really good and then i'll step on the stairs monday morning oh and then i'm back to where i'm stuck well no of course of course that happened because you're eating like a student on freshers week, drinking like students on freshers week in from Friday to Sunday afternoon. It matters. Okay. It's what you do on average. And, and often we see this. So for me, again, it's that balance argument. Like you've got to tip the balance sometimes in, in your favor. And I think a lot of people make it really hard for themselves. And then that affects the psychology of dieting because they feel like they're not making progress. Whereas an actual fact, it's only short periods of their week they're not making progress the rest of the time they're being really good they're being really consistent but tidying up small parts of their week will make them see accelerated progress but it's challenging again we've got to have that balance you got to be you you got to make some tough calls sometimes you know personal experience i've definitely lowered the amount that i drink like i have a good relationship with alcohol like i don't drink too much but i do i do like a drink i do enjoy it but i definitely have a cap these days mainly because kids get up early and I don't really want to be a hung, hungover trying to, to deal with them. But it also means that because I'm not training to the volume that I used to, I need to manage my calories somehow. You know, otherwise I would end up, you know, with a bit of a dad bod, with a bit of a pot belly. But I know that liquid calories is an easy thing. So, you know, it might be three drinks I stop at instead of five drinks, six drinks. You can do that a couple of times a week. It makes a massive difference. You've got to have that identity shift. You've got to have that, you know, focus. And if you don't, yeah, then, you, you know, you're just going to be in this like constant dieting, don't make progress, back to where you started. Oh, I just toss it off for a little bit, go back to my bold habits and then revisit it, you know, thinking that you need to do something different. And all, in, in most of the time, 99% of the time, you don't need to be do, doing something different, you just need to be more consistent. And if you're more consistent, then then you'll see progress. Because again, all diets work on the similar principles. So that that's what i would i would say like obviously when you're going through these thinking right do i need to be actually adding more to my food do i think about in my environment do i think about right psychology what are these elements that i need to kind of work on 
usually it's balanced. Usually it's the 80 20 rule that you can start with. And it's not an easy thing to do, but man, it makes you some really, really good progress <laughs> most of the time. And this kind of leads into to the last point that I had is eating off plan is normal. Quitting because of it isn't. Like you will mess up with your diet. Like I promise you. Like it is a normal thing to do. It is inevitable. And you'll probably mess up more than, than you know, than you actually, you know, you, you think you will. And that's okay. They, the thing is, you, you need to frame this. So we've heard the term kind of falling off the wagon. You know, for me, it's much easier to kind of just be thinking about stepping off of it. Okay. Rather than falling off it and, and chuck everything out the out the, you know, the window and be like, right, I'm just going to start Monday or start the, on the first of the month. That is not the case. Okay. You need to have less of a roller coaster approach to your diet and more of a more sustainable kind of little ripples and little changes. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta enjoy yourself. And once you step off the wagon, it's much easier to get back on. So rather than blowing it out, rather than jumping off and blowing the whole wagon up, just step off of it. Okay. Enjoy yourself. Relax your food choices. Eat a little bit more. Okay. Eat foods that you haven't been eating in the week or for a couple of weeks. But then it's much easier to get back on if you don't let that bleed into the next meal, the next day. Because usually that's the issue. That's the issue. Okay. Just because you had a couple of bad meals or just because you couldn't follow your macros to the T doesn't mean that you should quit. Okay. What we advise people to be doing is thinking about giving yourself a range. Okay. Of targets to follow. So. When you calculate your calories or when you get given them, you need to understand what your total daily energy expenditure is. Okay. Now, if someone that is, you know, is calculated this correctly, this will be your maintenance calories. And when you have your maintenance calories, you'll have then your range from them to your optimal target. So depending on how aggressive you want to be with your diet, then that might, that range will be bigger. The, the less aggressive you want to be with your diet, so small deficit the range is going to be smaller but you have to understand that anything underneath your total daily energy expenditure will help you to lose weight because it is below your maintenance calories what you then do is you have this range so say if your maintenance calories is 2000 in your diet you want to go to 1600 if you eat 1700 calories or 16 or 1800 calories you might think oh man i've been over my calories for two three days in a row 1800 calories Okay, because I've had that extra drink or I've had this client dinner or whatever. You're still losing weight. Okay, you're still 200 calories underneath your maintenance. That is still going to help you to nudge towards your goal. Yes, you're not making strides towards it, but you're still going to be moving in the right direction. And that's what we want. But it also does from a psychology point of view is that you haven't failed. Okay, you haven't not hit your target. You've still within your range you succeeded like you've got to try to give yourself a little bit more credit and a little bit more leeway when you're dieting otherwise again this is where people fail like a common thing that we would tell people is if a diet is too complex you won't start if it's too restrictive you won't continue and if it's too restrictive because you have to hit this target you have to be bang on it and if not you're not going to make progress that is the wrong message the wrong thing to be thinking you have to create a range. And if you're in that range, well done you. If you're in that range consistently, big pat on the back because you're going to be moving towards a goal. That 
is a better way, healthier way for me to approach your diet. And if you can do that alongside stepping off the wagon and not being like a crazed, you know, lunatic that's been let out and is just going crazy at the buffet and, and order these drinks every single weekend, like an adult, understand that the choices that you make are going to be either helping or hindering you to move towards your goal, but you're going to see progress. And you have to understand that nutrition is what we do most of the time. It's not what we do some of the time. So if you can start to identify and be really honest, be brutally honest with yourself. Like, are you entering in, if you're tracking your calories, are you actually entering in and everything? Is it too much oil? Is it too many liquid calories? Did I not put that thing in at the weekend? Have I actually burned my calories out? If you're following a, a, a different plan, are you actually sticking to it for more than 10 days? Like it takes time, okay? This is where you need to really kind of like, you know, front it up. And this is where the environment helps because if you've got people around you, they'll be, they'll be supportive. They're going to help you to continue to either get back on track uh, or be more consistent, more dialed in um, or give you, you know, well done, mate, keep going, looking great. You know, so this, this is where for me, you've got to have these elements in any diet. Okay. And if you don't, you're either not going to be able to sustain your results or you're not going to get the results in the first place. So I hope this has helped. I'm going to do a few more of these solo podcasts because I feel that these these are things that potentially don't need a discussion. You just kind of need to listen to them and be like, yeah, that's me. I'm going to implement that this week. So I've got a few more that I'm going to cover on, on like say, on dieting and, and, and strength and training and everything else. But look, it, it's challenging, this, this type of thing. This nutrition thing is challenging. You have to do it consistently. You have to do it multiple times a day. You have to be thinking and often take into consideration other people's choices and habits and, and, and everything else. And there's lots of factors that are at play, you know, poor sleep and, you know, getting out, getting older and all of these different things, they all affect our choices. And it's such an emotional thing, nutrition. But sometimes we just need to, to understand and be brutally honest that, you know, it's, it's not always about the diet. It's not always about the number or having new macros or new calories or anything else. Sometimes it's about the psychological psychology element of it. It's about the behavioral element of it. And it's about identifying some of these things that are just let slip. So if you got this far, very much appreciate you, you listening. I hope this has been helpful. If you want me to cover any of those topics in more detail, if you want us to cover anything else that you come across on social media in a little bit more detail or maybe like a small Q&A, pop us a message. Let us know on Instagram is the best place. Uh, or go to the website, put out the contact form there and drop us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The podcast is is great. We you know we've had you know over forty thousand listens, which in some of the podcast world is not very much. But I really appreciate the the support and and the feedback that we get from it is fantastic. So thank you so much. That's what keeps it going. And I hope this has been super super helpful. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.